Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the third and final part of our full interview with Noah Herman, where we discuss solving the treasurer's trapped cash problem with digital assets. In the episode of today, expect to learn what trapped cash is and why can cash be trapped? How do digital assets address this very issue? How can anyone ensure liquidity and stability when addressing trapped cash challenges? Some examples where a company utilizes Fortress platform to effectively maneuver around the trapped cash issue. And like always, much, much more. Another amazing interview with another amazing guest. Noah is extremely knowledgeable about digital assets and treasury, which made this episode particularly insightful for Hussam and I. We hope you will enjoy the episode. If that is the case, and when you're thinking about how you found our podcast, chances are that it's worth through word of mouth, social media, or a recommendation from your favorite podcast platform. And this is our only request to you. The best way you can support the podcast is to head to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Corporate Treasury 101. That will mean the world to us and help more people learn about treasury. On another other note, this episode is brought to you by Automation Boutique. Automation Boutique is empowering treasury, finance, and risk management with tailored automation solution. They use robotic process automation, RPA, AI, APIs, and Power Query to create automations that can work with your existing systems. We partnered with Automation Boutique as we really like their approach to innovation and how they help the industry. For this partnership, they came up with an AI-powered automation self-scan that can help you find out if a business process is suitable for automation and how to best get started. It is totally free, non-intrusive, and only takes about 15 minutes. What's great is that the report you will get from the scan helps you determine if the benefits of the automation outweigh the costs. If you want to have a look, head to the link in the description or to automationboutique.com slash corporate treasury 101 and with all that being said please welcome noah herman give us one yeah, one let's dive into interesting it. For you. Now, give us one really interesting use case for treasures. I really want to focus on treasury, not for speculation or monetary. Sure, okay, fine. So really then, on treasury yeah. operations. Yeah. It's always good to use a practical verse. Okay. So the example which is most ubiquitous and which every treasurer of a, of a corporate over a certain size will automatically understand is that of the trapped cash um, this is a much more ubiquitous problem than even I understood uh, back in business school. It's a much more ubiquitous problem when I understood when I was in banking itself, in a payments uh, fintech. Um, it is uh, something to the tune of about $40 billion globally for multinationals are, is their cash stuck in places that it shouldn't be and that they can't get it out. So at the risk of over-indexing to it, I think there's benefit in speaking about it because it's extremely practical. So what is it? Um, I'll take one company, one use case. Obviously, we can't use names, but it's a large, um, it's a large U.S. listed uh, uh, Fortune 500 company that has something to the tune of about 100 million dollars trapped in Argentina. 
Why can it not get it out? Because Argentina, like many other regions around the world, including Sri Lanka, Philippines, China, Nigeria, India, you name it, have placed varying levels of capital controls or currency controls in their uh, respective jurisdictions. And that means that if you are a multinational and you are earning dollars or pesos or renminbi in those regions, you're stuck. And so these groups are essentially doing a bunch of different things. None of them work. Most of them are just losing 50 cents on the dollar or buying local shops to recycle cash through. It's really quite, quite problematic. One of the things that we have done a lot and continue to do, and I think we'll be doing more, is to simply facilitate the transaction that allows these groups to pull their cash back to headquarters. That's it. Should be simple, should be able to be done, but it's not. Um, and it's not anything that's ultra complicated. It just so happens that using the distributed ledger, using digital assets, uh, you are able to both be in every jurisdiction everywhere. It is a technology ultimately. And you're able to stay within the legal realms of what governments acquire, which is do not pull dollars out of our economy. Don't need to do that. Uh, and you can do it for uh, a time and a cost and a price and a level of complexity that does is, is, is quite beneficial. So again, it's a specific use case, but it is a treasury operation. It's something that treasures the world around, spend a lot of time, money, and cost. So why is it not done? Because not only is that a good example, that solves a huge problem, which is, well, I'm sitting on probably multiple hundreds of millions of dollars equivalent that I cannot do anything of. Why is it not done? So it is done. It is done, uh, but it is done at the uh, margins, right? We've done this for, I mean, my, my own group has done this to the tune of almost a billion dollars. Um, we have not done it with listed uh, Fortune 500 companies corporates, right? Or CAC 40s or FTSE 100s. We are mm -hmm. very close to, and I think we will end up doing it. But the answer is, apropos to the beginning of our conversation today, every one of these groups has a board. Every one of them has a risk team. Every one of them has a legal team. Yes. And they all say, you want to do what? <laughs> Ledger? So, what? Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it's a process of really icebreaking. I often think of us as an icebreaker, right? We're just slowly cracking through and um, learning a lot as we're doing it. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a true example of bringing the technology to a place where it has not been before and then providing the education, the resources, and the uh, trust uh, through groups primarily, right? There's a reason we, we, we partner with the big four and Accenture and, and, and you name it, Chainalysis. Um, so we often, this would be my own group, refer to ourselves as uh, consultants, even though we are not, right? We are a technology platform, a SaaS platform, pure tech. But the conversations that we have over and over again are that of a consultancy um, by, by definition, i.e. we end up speaking with treasurers the time. We end up speaking with CFOs, heads of cash, heads of cash management. Um, and though the conversations are largely the same, the questions are many full. And the questions have to do with, I, the treasurer, I, the cash manager, can now see 
why this solution makes sense. I can understand why this would simplify my life and help the company's balance sheet and help the cash positions. But I need to be able to now go convince my board and my legal team and my risk team uh, and my um, you know operations team that this is actually something that is not only uh, legal, it's something that is uh, safe, it's something that is secure, it's something that has been vetted. Um, and the way that we uh, we do that um, is 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 a number of different ways. But the first and foremost is we partner with groups in the market, like uh, the big four, specifically Deloitte, like groups uh, like Accenture that have um, quite a long history of working with different uh, technological limitations. Uh, we work with groups like Chainalysis that are able to. Uh, basically source the origin of any digital asset uh, to, to where it is today. Uh, we do this because we can then say to that CFO and say to that head of treasury and say to that head of cash management, we can tell you, but you can also just go refer to this group. And this group can answer all these questions for you. So it's really a process of education, a little bit of evangelism, um, and really just a process of trust building is, 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 where, is where we are and how we, I think, have made the strides that we have. Let me play the devil's advocate of the treasury. If I heard that, what would I think? First thing I would hear is, uh, do you want to do what? <laughs> I would hear and I'd say, um, what if the money devalues by the time it gets to me? But I guess the, the, mm. it's for instant. So the devaluation risk is... Yeah, good good, good question. So two answers there. Uh, and we they, I get that all the time. So the, the, the first one is, well, you can simply run the transaction using, as we talked about earlier, a stable coin, a digital dollar, in which case you have no volatility, right? Less arguably than were you to run it in, you know, a, a pure Forex. The other one is if you are a believer in the value of say Bitcoin as a protocol and as an asset over say a stable coin, right? Something that uh, is a stable asset, but that is owned ultimately by a private corporation versus a true decentralized you can, for the time that you will need to, which we generally estimate to be about three hours in total, if you want to run a transaction, let's use the same one, 100 million USD equivalent out of Argentina back to the US, you can simply work with another one of our partners, which is a, which is a tell risk and a, and a hedging group, and just take that three hours of Bitcoin volatility right off your balance sheet for a small, a, a, a small fee, right? Um, just like you would hedge any forex currency transaction. So those are the two answers, and they seem to seem to suffice. The one I was really the legal point. I think when we first talked about it, and we, we met in your finance, right? The first thing I said to you is, "Is that even legal?" Um, so, talk to legality of this. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So we are working specifically with a group right now. Not working with, but we have retained a group called Perkins Coy, specifically their um, digital asset lead attorney, a fellow named Dax, who's been in the world of digital assets law for about 15 years. Um, and we've retained them both because he's a great person and very knowledgeable in the space, but also because they are the in-house uh, uh, legal partner for Deloitte itself. Uh, and we've retained him to basically run through this entirety of the Fortress structure, uh, the Fortress technology stack, and then most importantly, for Fortress's partners and these flows to say, 
yes, this is a legal operation. Yes, this has been vetted by a right and upstanding uh, law firm. Uh, and yes, uh, you can, as any business, operate uh, on, on using this technology. Um, the only, you know, we're, we're very clear with the groups that we have been approached multiple times who say we've got the same problem, but our assets are stuck in Egypt. And we say, well, we can't help you, unfortunately, because the government of Egypt has actually stated explicitly that cryptocurrency is illegal within the boundaries of Egypt. And so we say that we can't operate there. We can help you, but not until not until they, they change that statute. So otherwise, uh, yes, we have that opinion and it's there at the law firm and waiting for, to your point of some, when the legal team says, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we say, no, that's okay. You can just go call, call for it. <laughs> so you have the lawyers involved. You got the Deloitte consultants involved. We've got the lawyers involved. We've got the tax accountants involved. We've got the, yeah, everyone. It looks, when you really break it down to the corporate and then say a subsidiary, intra-subsidiary transaction, it looks almost exactly from a tax and an accounting perspective, just like a Forex transaction, meaning that you have assets sitting in a pool of currency locally. You move those assets just like you would in a Forex transaction. There may have been price movement or volatility from one uh, currency to another. That may have incurred capital gains, short, long-term. That may have incurred tax fees, whatever. Um, and then your asset may be priced differently when it hits headquarters. But other than that, the structure and the path look broadly the same. Okay, interesting. And then I guess you apply the same transfer pricing rules broadly as you would to a normal transfer of fiat currencies, applying this FX difference. Exactly. Makes lots of sense. No, I want to know what you guys are doing at Fortress, but before that, anything else you'd like to highlight about digital assets, how they can help treasurers, the problem with the trapped cash, or any other very relevant example that you think could help, well, educate us to begin with, me definitely, and our audience on the use of digital assets in treasury? I do think there's an interesting use case which speaks to um, both ends of the spectrum that we talked about, which would be the pure treasury kind of micro strategy play. We just want to set an asset that grows and the treasury operations play, which is no, we actually want to use this for global global balance sheet ups. And the example is one that is not just um, theoretical, it's, it's practical, it's anecdotal. I work with two large groups um, on it. And it's a, it's a very ubiquitous concept in sort of the world of balance sheets and, 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 and multinationals. The concept is just escrow um, of any kind, right? Which in just simple legal terms is, Somebody is holding somebody else's money for a period of time in a safe environment, right? Um, if you think about the nature of corporations, um, and the simplest example I can can use is the example of, uh, I think it's called Verbo, which is the sort of vacation rental platform with an Expedia. So Verbo is one of the mm -hmm. platforms. And it's the one that is based on a uh, longer term rental, longer term future. Right? These are not your three hundred dollar hotel stays. These are ten thousand dollar vacations. Uh, in order to book these, you have to pay. Cus consumer, you, me, you, and Sam has to pay say five thousand to ten thousand dollars up front. 
where does that money go, right? Because it's only three months later and when you pay the other 5,000 after vacation is over and the owner is paid after Expedia takes its nice little cut. Um, that $5,000 sits in a bank account um, within Expedia's infrastructure and sits there not earning any money. It sits there uh, incurring all of the operational fees and expenses in order to move it. Um, and, you know, Expedia works with a lot of people, as you guys know. And so that $5,000 quickly turns to multiple billions of dollars, right? So what is the use case? The use case is that money is just sitting there. That money can be either taken in at source or just minted in that wallet. We held in a digital asset. Um, and instead of being a cost center to the corporate, it can be a profit center be something where low level yield is overlaid. It can be something that's used as, there's many, many different uses to this type of, of asset. And you see it all over the place, right? Starbucks creating its own stable point, effectively, by having a right. same use case over and over. And the bridge there, of course, between the treasury and the treasury operations use case is, well, if you are so minded, and if you are looking for a way to more fluidly and quickly and cheaply, uh, and less less operation complexly uh, move move assets around your, cor your corporate. A fantastic example, uh, and it mimics the day to day treasury operations that you are running on a day to day basis. So to to put a, a very treasury related topic on, on top of that, it's trade finance. That's the trade finance uh, complexity when you need to issue a guarantee in order to obtain a project, and like whether it's a performance guarantee or anything else, that's exactly the use case that you're describing here. That, that is exactly the use case. Uh, Guillaume, and yes, I came from ABN Ambrose uh, nice. Collateral Commodities Desk where we finance trade finance all the time. And yes, that is a perfect use case. Absolutely. Amazing. Very nice. No, I think I, think I learned a lot for sure. We both learned a lot. I had a sense. The reason you know so much is because of a company <laughs> called Fortress. So please tell us what is Fortress? Uh, what is your mission? Sure. Yeah. So Fortress is uh, is basically the treasury operations engine that sits behind um, a lot of what we've talked about today, i.e. Uh, if you are a business, if you're a corporate, if you're a multinational, if you're a neobank, um, you have cash coming in and out of the organization uh, and you are trying to run your balance sheet, your income statement on a day-to-day on -day basis and walking through some or all of the things we talked about today, Fortress takes a look at that from the lens of the distributed ledger, from the lens of digital assets, and from the lens of the treasurer, which is to say, how do you most effectively combine all of these? At heart, very simple technology, just a set of multi-signature wallets and payment payment gateways in between those wallets, governance and control systems on top of them. And all of the data that comes out of all of that being fed out into the names you've heard us talk about today, like SAP, Oracle, NetSuite, Kariba, right? Um, it's a treasury operations engine meant to facilitate global business at scale, at speed, uh, and with a almost complete erasure of operational complexity. Uh, that That is the platform. So can you break down the services that you provide, treasury services specifically? 
Yeah. So the way that that we talk about, the way I talk about it with 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 CFOs is essentially, we are an ecosystem, right? We are a technology provider, but we're an ecosystem. You've heard us uh, talk, uh, heard me talk about the names today. The technology itself is malleable to the operations of treasury, meaning that not every group has a trap cash problem. Not every group has a cross-border payments problem. Not, not every group needs to do liquidity pooling or subsidiary funding, right? Most of them do. But in the end of the day, we are the technology that basically allows the CFO to say, I have pain points in my balance sheet, pain points in my cash flow. This is where they are. Let's try running those transactions on chain and see if we can solve those problems. That is the way we look at it is we're sort of an umbrella SaaS platform. You can overlay on the treasury, find out where it's hurting most, where it's costing most, where it's slowest. Um, and we can solve those problems specifically. And how do you, how, how do you integrate into the treasurer's landscape? Do you connect to the TMS? Is it a separate platform? Is it, how does it work exactly? Yeah, we, we do. So that's, that's part of our, um, ecosystem, if you will, right? It's part of our sort of offer to the CFO and to the board and to the legal team and to the risk team, the finance team, the operations team, treasurers specifically, which is. You don't need to be a digital asset master. You don't need to understand what on-chain DLT and FIPS 2240. You don't need to understand any of that. Really what we're doing is we are helping you to have access into a system that will be very familiar to you in the sense that you walk in, Mr. And Mrs. CFO, to your desk. You open up SAP. You open up Oracle. You open up Kariba, FIS, you name it. Here's my billion dollars in cash. I've got 100 million in euro. I've got 100 million in, in renminbi, 100 million pounds, dollars. And there's my 100 million in Bitcoin. I need to do XYZ transactions today. And this is how I'm going to do it most efficiently. So it's almost a message of comfort, simplicity, ease, which is to say that we don't want you to, and we would not advise you to change any of your daily enterprise systems. We will feed into those systems to make it seem like it is your daily regular operating functions and basically take away that complexity, abstract it away for you so that you can just have the benefits without all of the weight of having to be a, having to be a, a, a Bitcoin maxier. Absolutely awesome. Noah, thank you so much. And special notes, I learned a ton. So really, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for that. Fantastic. Yes, it's been a real pleasure. Yes, real pleasure. Anything you'd like to add on any of the topics we've touched upon? Fortress, trapped cash, digital assets, or did we cover it all? Well, I suspect not all, but... Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we covered the fundamentals. Um, certainly, if anybody has any questions, they can send me a note at, at, at Noah Fortress, but um, yes, no, it's been a real pleasure, a very, very uh, interesting walk through. And yes, because we are at the forefront of this space, we learn a lot every day, even though we're deep within it. And so the process of just sharing use cases and sharing education and sharing out what, what are we hearing is something that we do all the time, even to groups that we are not working with yet. So 
um, always welcome a conversation with anyone about it. And um, uh, no, otherwise, I think it's been a fantastic, uh, fantastic walk. Amazing. We'll put all the links in the description, uh, your contact details, especially LinkedIn, and of course, all the links to Waltz, Fortress, and what you guys do. Noah, thank you so much. Thank you both. <laughs>